your passion produces your potential. Whatever your passion is going to be is what you're going to aspire to be. Your potential stays in your passion. If you're passionate about the gospel, your potential will be to be a massive influencer in the gospel. If your passion is to be a business owner and create the new widget, well, you're, that's going to be your potential. You're going to probably be that guy that does that. So it's very important what we put our passion to and what we put our potential to because that's gonna pretty much equip us for the things in life that we're going for. I know there's a lot of different skill sets. I know there's, there's airline pilots in here, there is financial people in here, there are construction people in here, there are designers in here, electricians in here, reps in here. There are a truckload of skill sets and disciplines and every single thing that you're doing right now is probably your passion. Or somewhere along the line you said, this is what I'm gonna do with my skill sets and my discipline, my passion. The challenge, if this is going to work for me today, now this might not work, I'm just going to trust it's going to work today, so we, we never know. It's the challenge of being self-governed, that's not what I wanted to say. See, this is, this is my world right here. It all starts getting goofy and weird. There's a process to your promise. There's a process to it, gentlemen. There's a process. Listen to me, listen to me. I may not be your pastor, for a few of you I am. You are going to have a process to work this thing out. It ain't gonna come overnight. It's not a light switch moment. I wish it was a light switch moment. I wish the things that God showed me in the supernatural of what was gonna happen, happened really quick for me. But it didn't, it was a process because I, there was too much of me involved. There was too much of my thoughts, there was too much of my old skill sets, too much of my old nature. I had to realize in order for me to reap my potential, in order for me to do what God's called me to do, I gotta realize there's a process to that. Raising your children when they're first out of the womb, and they're all of a sudden 15, did that happen like that? Did your children or your brothers or your sisters or your nieces or your nephews or you, did you learn what you know now just because you were born? It took you a long time to learn some of the processes. So we have to understand that when you're in the kingdom business, it's a whole separate, whole separate deal because now we're talking a new nature. Now we're talking there's a supernatural spiritual field nature that's inside of you causing you to have new thoughts, new paradigms, old paradigms are shifting, your old nature is a dichotomy to your new nature, now you're walking forward, you're not going backwards, now you're seeing fruit, now you're nurturing a root. It's all different than what we used to do because what we used to do was just self-destructive. Amen to that right now, just get that out of the way, okay. Yeah, because I'm telling you, man, it's, it's an easy thing to do, but the challenge is right here is not being self-governed. The challenge of being self-governed is what we fight as men. We don't want to be yoked. We don't want to be yoked. I want to be my own boss. I want to own my own company. I want to be my own business. That's what I want to do. I want to try to somehow become the, the king for me. I, I will drift towards it. I will want it. I will fight for it. I will think that's what I need. But never in the word of God does God say, don't be yoked to me. In fact, what I hear most of all when I hear people talk about Jesus. Now, like I said, I had a radical, radical transformation. I wasn't born into the light. We have some second, third, fourth generation people in this room that you were kind of born into Christianity. I was born into absolute darkness. I was born into a really goofy lifestyle. I'm not gonna go into it. Praise God for the saving blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. But what I can tell you is that in this process of, of language, what I hear mostly is Jesus is my savior. Jesus is my healer. Jesus is my salvation. But what I don't hear a lot is Jesus is my Lord and Jesus is my master. I'm just not hearing that a lot anymore. I'm just not hearing, I can't do that because that's not the word of God over my life. 
as opposed to, well, I can do it because there's grace. You know, what's, what's the worst that's going to happen? I'm just not hearing a lot in the language of men that are submitted to the idea and uh, the text that God's word is over us. And through that, through that knowledge and through that knowing, that's how we move faster. Once, I'm telling you, once we start lining ourselves up with God, it just starts moving faster. The next slide, guys. <clears throat> Autonomy. Most leaders do not drift towards it. They yearn for it. That's you. You're gonna yearn for this. You're gonna yearn for autonomy. It's in your nature. It's in your nature to lead. It's in your nature to be independent. But it's God's nature that makes you dependent. Submitting yourself to Jesus is the most incredible, awesome, pride-swallowing seed you'll ever do in your life. It will take you out. It is horrible. I, I've said this a few times. It's okay because Jesus didn't come to hurt you. Or he, I'm sorry, he didn't come to hurt you. He didn't. He came to kill you, that you would die to yourself, that he would live freely in you. And there it lies the crux of all this. Let's put, look into some scripture. Matthew states it like this. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I love how he makes it personal. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest under your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus talking to you. And here's what's funny. When, um, when I heard the yoke, and this is what I thought of. I thought of, bear with me. I thought of Jeff Gordon's, the number 24, when it meant something. <laughs> Jeff Gordon's chair. A lot of people don't know, but the original design of that chair was almost $200,000. Because it had to be designed exactly for him. He had to sit in this goo. The goo had to harden, then they had to peel it off of him. Then the goo was taken into another thing where it was made into a cast and the cast was laser fit to his body. And then out of that laser fit, it got into the carbon fiber moldings and then all the stuff was put on, the pads, the leg dividers, the neck braces, the Hans device, all that stuff. It's about $220,000 when it was all said and done for the yoke that held him in place. Because it's personal. The yoke that God has for you is a perfect fit for you. My yoke is not your yoke, nor is your yoke my yoke. What God has for you is very independent between you and him. And that's where the dependency comes on. I I love Strong's. The the Greek word for this is is zugos, and it means to join or couple together. It also has a literal meaning of being a beam of balance that connects scales or a pair of balances. And that's the truth, gentlemen. It balances you. Since I have truly submitted to Jesus as my Lord and Master and those that God has put over me, my pastor is over me. As much as I want to be my own man, I have to submit myself to my pastor. I trust my pastor. He's the head of this house. He loves me. He loves my children. I love his children. It's okay. It's a safe relationship. I found a guy that I could submit to and truly listen to and know he has my best interest at heart. Submission is everything. Submission is who you are in your heart. It's the privacy of your heart. That is where God is working right then. And by the way, submission's not submission until you disagree. It's easy to submit to the ice cream factory. That's an easy one. It's easy to submit to a pizza parlor. Yeah, those, those are the easy ones. But how about when that person that God put over you, male or female, depending on their role, is telling you not to do what you're doing? 
Do you get defensive? What goes on in your nature right then? What is that? Do you start protecting your, your, your barriers? You start building up your walls and you start letting them know. But by the way, I really appreciate a lot you do. I think that's really cute. Yeah, you're over me, but you're really not. Uh, that's, that's nice. I th- I'm glad you think that. But really, I'm, I could actually run this company, but I don't. I mean, do you have that like mentality or are, are you really quick to offer an olive branch? I mean, it's easy to pull out the arrows and just start firing the arrows, or do we want to hand out an olive branch and say, you know what, I didn't think about that. Let me process that. Or how about when you make a mistake, do you go back and say, hey, listen, I want to talk to you about on Thursday. Hey, just so you know, I wasn't at my best. I didn't handle that right at all. And I really want to apologize if I caused you any inconvenience. It wasn't my intention. I just didn't respond right. There will come a time in this process that your humility Will turn, your hostility will turn into humility. Let's talk about the training with the yoke. When you have to remember, when you start this stuff, the first draft is not going to be the final draft. Can you pull that up for me, Mark? The first draft is not intended to be the last draft. Your very first part of this will never be how it ends. Your starting is not going to be where you finish. Man, there's a time in your life where you're serving, you're calling, you're set apart, you're working that things with Jesus. Even in your own marriage, the marriage that you have now, it might be a very strong and great marriage. That means it didn't start that way. You guys want to say amen and get that out of the way right now? Okay, it's okay. It's all men here. We all get it. Women are crazy. But yet we love them to death. <laughs> I wouldn't trade mine for the world, but boy, I just don't understand them sometimes. And that's okay. Because she doesn't understand me sometimes. But how we start this thing is not how we're going to finish it because as we talked before, there's a process to it. There's a process to your walk. There's a process to the submission. There's a process to being yoked with Jesus. There's a process when you have to understand your role in a team, your role doing something, your role with Jesus, what he's called you to do. Are you getting before him? Are you pushing too hard? Are you trying to pull it faster? I mean, or are you sitting in there, you're restful, you got it, it's under control. I, I, have, it all under, I have it all under control in my peace. Or is there something about you when you wake up in the morning, you feel discontent? You swallow it really well. You swallow it really good. No one really knows you wake up discontent. No one really knows you wake up with just a little thorn in your craw. But you've been dealing with it long enough, you know how to mask it with a smile. Hey, how you doing? You know, or is there just a true peace because you know that Jesus has you? And you know there's a process to all this. And what I've always told my children is what makes you valuable is what you don't know. And they kind of have the same look on their face as you do. Like, what the heck does that mean? It's your ability to be teachable that gives you value. Your ability to stay humble, to realize you don't know everything. And you don't know how to submit to Jesus because it's a lifelong process. You might know the concepts. You might know the, the, the uniformity of it all. But until you've done it, Let's say 50 years. I'm going to say the guy doing it for 10 doesn't know what the 50-year-old guy does. I'm going to say the guy that's been doing it for 50 years doesn't know what the guy that's been doing it 90 years. I just think there's, there's a process to that. And the more we can understand the value we have is what we don't know, and that's what makes us teachable. That's what makes us able to submit. Because I don't know about you, but I can learn off of each one of you. Each one of you in this room right now, hearing my voice, there's something I can learn from you. There's probably a lot I could learn from you. Smartest people surround themselves with people smarter than, than themselves, and that's what I do. In a room like this, I have surrounded myself with people smarter than me. Trust me, if you know me, I'm not just saying that, it's true. I respect you, I honor you, 
I'm thankful for you. The very fact you're in this room right now shows me that you're a leader. This shows me that even if you don't have a kingdom yet, that you're no longer a prince learning principles, you're a king ready to walk out a providence. You're ready to change life. You're ready, you're, you want change. You want something new. You want to be empowered. You want the God, power of God in your life. You want to be able to pray over things. You want to be able to see things move in the supernatural realm. You want to see the natural world be blessed. And if you want to start a business, you want that blessed. If you want to get a job, you want a really good paying job. You want favor on your life. And all that comes from submission. People resist what they do not understand. The formulaic portion of submission is quite unique because I have never been able to choose the people that God has put over my life. I haven't. They've been assigned to me. I have been put in their care. I have been put in businesses where I would hire, get hired for a job and I would do the job and all of a sudden there's people over me that I just have issues with. They're not doing it the way I would do it. And I don't know if that's arrogance. I don't know if that's pride. But all of a sudden, here comes some discontent, some, some submission, and I am no longer wanting to be yoked with them. I'm not letting them know, but I'm letting them know that their way is not my way, and my way is probably the right way, but I'm tolerating your way because I think what you're doing is very cute. But the truth is, it all lies deep inside my heart. Because I'm not going to understand what God's doing to me. And it's going to confuse me. And it's going to allow me to, to remove from it. It's going to, I'm going to resist what I don't understand. I'm now going to be pulling away. I'm going to be pulling away from this because I don't understand what God's doing in it in me. He wants me to submit to the person. But there's so many reasons why I can define a long list of why I should not submit myself to that person. But it's never up to me. Because it's an issue of my heart. It's an issue of my heart. Is he my Lord and my master or is he just my healer? Do I walk with him or do I, do, I, do I serve under him? Am I submitted to him or do I just wanna have a shoulder-to-shoulder relationship with my Messiah so we can tell jokes in the middle of the night? Or do I just wanna submit myself to him and say, by the way, you are my Lord, you are my master. I humble myself unto you. Who do you want me to serve? Well, I need you to serve them like you would serve me. Like, okay, but they're a bonehead. They don't even get it. In fact, their parent owns the company. They shouldn't even be here. And then the door's like, shush. Shush. We can, we can disqualify ourselves so fast from that problem. Understanding your polling partner is part of this training. Is understanding who God has you with. Who has he yoked you with? I mean, be intentional with that. Have an understanding, have a knowing, have, a, have an unction of what God has put with you and who has he put with you. Not only has he put his Holy Spirit inside of you to give you comfort, not only has he put his word inside of you to give you power, not only has he put his blood on top of you that gives you salvation, not only has he put his grace on top of you that you do not deserve, not only has he given you your, his mercy that you know it's just a beautiful, magical thing, but all of that, who has he told you to be yoked with? Who's your polling partner? Now, one thing the Bible says is don't be unequally yoked. And I don't know. Now, I'm from Kansas, so I used to see a lot of this growing up. I used to see a lot of cows behind for pulling, horses pulling and stuff. And even in the Bible, in Proverbs, it says, you can't put a horse with a donkey. It's two different strides. It's two different mentalities. It's two different levels. One guy would be doing this the whole time. The other guy would be doing this. You know, we've got to be careful who we're yoked with. And all I know is you would never take a dog and, and, and uh, let's say, just a donkey and yoke them together. You gotta be equally yoked. 
You gotta be yoked with people you trust. You have to be yoked with people that got your back. You have to be yoked with people that, that are for you, not for your cause, not for salvation, not because you're a Christian, but for you. And if that doesn't measure up in your, in your analysis of who you're yoked with, I would pause and back up a little bit. Is there somebody else I should be yoked with? I mean, who are you connecting yourself to? Are you guys gonna have the same strides? Because I know when I am, the most goofy times in my life where I'm getting frustrated for me is always one word and it is patience. That is clearly why Jesus did not make me a doctor because I have none. I have no patience at all. When I have to wait, unlike you, I get very impatient. When I felt I was on the brink, on the verge, on the cusp, on the edge, just getting ready to, what do you mean wait? Everything's ready to go, don't you see? This is a perfect timing. No, we prayed, we fasted, we had a word. The pastor had a word. Then I was listening to Joel Osteen, had a word. Then I was listening to this podcast over here, and they had a word. This is my time, this is my season. But Jesus is telling you no. But hey, Mr. Salvation, I'm saved, let's do it. Hey, Mr. Healer, I'm feeling great, let's do it. Hey, Lord, hey, Master, what would you have me do? Wait. Okay. Something unique when an entire group start pulling together. Did you know, we all, I'm not going to go into the whole horsepower thing, but most men understand what horsepower is. And, and the, um, if David Lewis is here, he'd be able to tell you the mathematics behind it all. Is David Lewis here today? There he is right there. Just ask him afterwards. He'll be able to tell you how they came up with that conversion and what it really means and all that stuff. Six horses go faster than one, right? And for a much longer time. You are gonna go faster. You are gonna accelerate what God's had for you. You are gonna be able to go faster and faster and faster, yoked with the people that God has you yoked with if you can submit. If you could submit to the, the fact and, and the idea that God has a yoke for you and it's light and it's easy. And by the way, it's gonna bring you rest. But he says to be yoked and he starts comparing it to, to pushing and pulling. He starts comparing it to almost like a stagecoach of don't take donkeys and yoke them. You have to have equally yoked. He's saying do all this yoke stuff because you're moving somewhere, you're pulling something. But by the way, it'll bring you rest. Isn't that just goes against any human nature? For me to be yoked, I'm hearing I got to work. Now I got to be tied to this guy who shouldn't be here because he didn't go through what I went through. He hasn't, he hasn't been hurt like I've been hurt. He hasn't been betrayed like I've been betrayed. Yeah, he hasn't been stabbed in the back. He hasn't gone through the damage. No, he hasn't. No, no, he shouldn't be here. But, but I'll yoke Mr. Salvation I'll go ahead and yoke, healer, but no. Yes, master, absolutely. Where are we going? You're going there. I got five more coming. You got it. Just wait. You have it. I got more people coming. When? Well, I'm dealing with two guys that aren't listening to me, so hold on. So, yeah, that guy's in the bars. Okay, that's going to take a little bit longer. This guy started doing porn again. I thought he had him clean. Okay, let's, let's go on. This one's using again. Okay, um, hold on. I got three guys. They don't know their salvation yet. They're working through it. I just need you to pause because you're all going together and it's going to be magic. But yet, if I start wanting to pull away from that yoke, I could ruin the whole thing. Amen? Let's go to the trusting of the yoke. I, I love this. Matthew states it like this. 
Peter answered him after they saw him on the water, Lord, if, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying, Oh, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? Leave that up there for a second, guys. The challenge we have here is we are yoked by God's word. It is God's word that yokes you to the kingdom of God. It is God's word that empowers you to be who he's called you to be. It's only through his word are you changed. There is something unique. Jesus is the word. He was the word. He was with God. There is something about reading that word of God, that manna for the day. Sometimes I like to think that the, the revelation of day is going to last tomorrow, but Jesus says it's manna. It's only going to be good for the day, for this is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it with this manna. And all of a sudden, he shows up and gives me a word. And all of a sudden, that word, now I'm yoked to him by that word. And so many times times in our life has he spoken a word over us and he's given us something and we stopped being yoked to it just like Peter did he was yoked at the beginning hey if it's you can I come get out of here well, this is awesome what happens he stopped seeing the yoke he stopped seeing the power of the word the word come allowed him to walk did the word was the word only temporary was the word only for a limited amount of time? You have 17 feet, you need to go 25, so you need to jump there because you're gonna sink there. No, it was all in his ability to stay yoked to the word. He had to take that word, lay hold of it, and know that word means something. And my obedience, my discipline knows that I'm gonna hold on to that word. Come, absolutely. The cool thing about that text is he'd walked all the way up to Jesus. Jesus immediately reaches out his hand. That's how far he'd gone and pulled him forward, which is beautiful. Sometimes we hear the word, but we see the wind. Just something in the travels, just something in the travels, a bumpy road. Things aren't going like you had planned. Something happens that is causing you to require faith. That's such an unusual thing in spiritual realm, isn't it? Faith, your ability to believe. Every man's been given a measure. You're gonna be required to use your faith your ability to believe in God's word. It's either for you or it's not. There's really no gray in that process. It's really all about Jesus. He's really kind of came and set the standard. I got to the point in my life now, I'm going to be 56 years old. Uh, as many of you know, I just had twins. It's, they're, doing, they're doing better and better and better every day, praise God. But my entire life requires faith. Requires faith. My ability to believe in God, my ability to believe in the word of God. Now, will my situations depict something opposite? Will I see the wind? I will absolutely see the wind. I will absolutely see the wind. He's given me the word, and the, here's the cool thing. Jesus sees the wind, but he doesn't stop the wind. Oh God, remove the storm, remove the disease, remove the anger, remove the woman, remove the debt, remove the thing. Jesus is seeing it, but he's not stopping it. Because it requires a faith. It requires to be yoked to Jesus. Okay, Lord. Okay, Master. What do you want from me in this situation? Instead of, okay, healer. Okay, salvation. I get that. But Lord and Master changes everything. I'm yoked to that. It's something inside of me. It's something that requires me. And without hesitation or reservation, I stand up and say, Lord, what is my role here? What do you need me to do? I just need you to believe. Well, that's the most foolish thing in the world. Can't I build something? Can I do something? Can I rally the troops? No, I just need you to stand in silence and believe. 
And now that's, that becomes a quandary because many times for our life, we're gonna see the wind. We're gonna be dealing with the wind. Jesus is not gonna stop the wind. But if you look at the end of the story, here's why we praise. I didn't learn to praise Jesus because I got out of the boat. I learned to praise him because he got in the boat. He came back with Peter to the boat and got in. In every storm of my life, when I have stayed yoked to him, he has came with me and went back to my situation and the situation was blessed. By the way, when he walked in the boat, text says, the wind ceased. The wind ceased after I, by faith, went to Jesus. Jesus walks me back. I don't want to go back there. I'm with you. No, we're going back. No, I don't want to go back. That was the whole point of that. That was my exodus. No, I don't want to go back. No, I'm going back. No, I don't want to go back. That's why I left the boat. I wanted to be with you. And Jesus always, always, always in my life, take me back. Let's deal with you. I, oh, I don't want to deal with me. I don't want to deal with me. but he has to deal with us. He had to deal with Peter. He had to deal with Peter's faith. He had to deal with a man who wanted to walk but didn't know how to receive the word. So many men want to walk. So many men want the walk on water experience, but we see the wind, you lose the job. We see the wind, daughter goes crazy, boy, son goes crazy. We see the wind, there's a, there's a medical issue. We see the wind, there's more month than money. We see the wind, they're not doing what they asked to do. We see the wind, that person hurt you at work. We see the wind, that's all we do is see the wind. But we have to remember we're yoked. We're yoked to a Lord and a master and we are yoked to a word and that means something. It means something. You can discount it or you can believe it to be 100% factual. I'm just gonna stay on the line. I was talking with my wife last night. She, she, we have a conversation a lot about my optimism. And I don't feel I'm optimistic at all. I just feel I believe that my God will do whatever he said he would. Bar none. If Satan had any power, listen to me if you're going through warfare. If Satan had any power at all, listen to me, I wouldn't be here. He would have taken me out. If Satan had any power at all, you wouldn't be here. He would have taken you out. He would have robbed your anointing. He would have taken your soul. He would have taken that salvation. He can't take it. It was done on the cross. Now, I just believe that. And I, I was telling my wife, she goes, well, you're always like really optimistic. And I said, no, I'm not. I'm a faith-filled believer. And I said, for me, it's about one thing. It's about honoring the word. I just don't want to be caught dishonoring the word. Well, I sent you my word, Randy. Yeah, but that wasn't enough. I needed money. I needed a check being cut. I needed the disease to go away for me to believe. I needed that heart to be turned. I needed to have everybody celebrated me, celebrate me when I walk into the office. Randy's here finally. I know, thank you. Thank you. I know. It's just the burden I bear to be here. Thank you. I don't want to be in dishonoring of his word. I want to be yoked to his word. I want to be yoked to Jesus Christ, my Lord and my master. That is the understatement of the century. His yoke keeps me balanced. Had Peter stayed true to the word and stayed true to the yoke, he would have gotten from here to Jesus faster had he kept the balance. But he just began to sink. 
Had to just stay true to the word and stay true to the yoke because it's easy. The burden is light. It's not a heavy thing to believe. All we have to do is make it habitual. All we have to do is start realizing, is this a season of faith for me? Now, I'm saved, my salvation. I've been healed. Thank you for the healing. His blood's on me and his grace is over me. But Lord and master, is this a season of faith for me? It's an absolute season of faith for you. It's going to suck. I was telling my wife last night, I wish someone had come up and give me a real word. Because here's the words you get. Brother, I just saw you ministering to thousands. Or brother, I just see that your kids are walking. Like, I want a real word. Bro, the next two years of your life are going to be hell. You're going to go through hell and high water. You're barely going to survive. You're going to want to punch your wife in the face. You're going to want to run to to Tahiti and start a surfboard club. On the You're done. You want to sell it all and run out of town. You are going to be so angry. You're going to be so frustrated. Your three years are going to be the most devastating, horrible, disgusting, embarrassing things. Your children are going to be gay. You're going to lose your... All this stuff's going to go on in your life. But at the end, you will be 10,000 times the man you are right now. Right? Give me a real word that I know I'm going through hell and high water and it's going to get tough and it's going to get rough. And that's why I surround myself with a yoke of of people and men and women that can speak into my life and that can hold my arms up high when I am so exhausted and tired because I'm going through it. I encourage you to find those men in your life. Find those polling partners that can keep you yoked so you can accelerate what God has for you. Mm -hmm. 